Welcome to Once Upon a Roll, a D&D podcast where I, Raz Buten, play a one-on-one session of D&D 5th edition with a guest in the land of Cortia, a homebrew setting that I've been using for the past two years. Each episode takes place at a different time and place across Cortia in order to bring new stories to my world. So if you missed an earlier episode, feel free to go back and check it out, but you will not be completely lost if you start here. Uh, For updates, information, and additional content, check out the Twitter account, Discord server, and or the Patreon. Uh, Links for all of those things are in the description. Without further ado, I would like to introduce my lovely guest, the one and only Joseph Razorburn. Joey, how are you doing today? I am doing very well, Raz. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited to play some Dungeons and Dragons. I've heard it's a fun game. Um, have have you played D and D before? I have played D and D before. Oh my gosh! Who would have thought? Uh, uh, everyone <laughs> I've brought on so far, people I've played D and D with before. Yeah, uh, I still have you, to ask. You were actually the first one to get a group going for me. I hadn't played D and D prior to playing with you, so. Thank you for this poison you've inflicted yeah. upon me and my family. Um. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, you you were you are part of the the first group I, I started running. Uh, so yeah, it, it's been fun to see you as a player. And now, recently, you have started DMing. Yes, uh, I caught the bug, and oh, uh, I run a game for players uh, at a real table. Um, oh goodness! I I still have yet to do that. To be honest, I'm a, I'm an online player. What can I say? It's it, it's a different experience for sure. Uh, yeah. I I didn't realize how much laughing I do um, until a, I was interrogated, you know, as an NPC, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just kept laughing at them. It's hard. It's hard to keep that straight face. When I'm DMing on Discord, I can just mute myself. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely <laughs> don't no have that knows. luxury. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, have you ever played a one-on-one session before? Either running one or, or having a DM do it? Yes, I have. I have played as a as a player for a one-on-one one-shot. Okay, so you have a little experience. You know the, the amount of work you're going to have to do. <laughs> it's pretty much how it ends up being. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited to to run through this one with you too. Uh, your DMing experience should hopefully, to a degree, actually come in handy with this one. As uh, this is a weird one, we're doing something a little different. Where depending on what happens, uh, you know, you're going to be more villain than typical player character. Yes. So you have to get into that uh, evil mindset that all of us DMs love to sit in. Oh, I think I can do that. Oh, now I'm scared of you. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, so I, I, think, I think it's time to uh, jump into this session of Once Upon a Roll. The kingdom of Cortia has thrived for over a thousand years. In that time, it's endured war against powerful enemies, outlasted deadly feuds between its lords, and fought against evil, both of this plane and others. However, during the most recent festival of the autumn sun, the sage's ritual revealed a nearly forgotten omen, the sign of Black Sun, a symbol only seen once before, and it almost led to the destruction of Cortia. Panicked, the common folk in the capital city rioted, and when the dust settled, the king was dead, 
and his two children had disappeared in the night. The lord of the city of Edgewood, Tom Dunn, restored peace to the capital, and with no heirs the king anywhere to be seen, he decided to sit the throne and take the position of Lord Regent. This story, however, starts a few months before the Festival of the Autumn Sun, and it ends on it. Deep in the crags of the reach, hidden beneath rock and dirt, you walk along the freshly carved corridors of what you can only describe as your new lair. You search for a long while for a proper place you could do your work undisturbed, and nothing felt quite as perfect as being beneath the arid expanse of the reach. Bura leads you down the corridor and into the only room you have not seen yet. Bura has the look of a man who would be handsome if he didn't seem so dead around the eyes. And this, master, is your throne room. He opens the door, and you step into a wide, squared room. On the other side is a massive, ornate chair, carved from ivory. And in the center of the room, a chipped chalice sits on a gleaming pedestal. You found the chalice in Geneff's abandoned stronghold. It is the bowl he used over 500 years ago to transform from man to lich. And given that it is his notes you will be following, it seems only right to use the same chalice for your ceremony. You only hope that you don't meet the same fate he did. Bura turns to you. On your orders, all of those who helped in the construction of this place have been disposed. Not a soul aside from those loyal to you know of this place, meaning your work can finally begin. <laughs> the day of the autumn sun is two months away, and I know there is much you need to do before then. Allow me to be at your service, my master. Bura, as always you've done incredible work. You will be rewarded. Rightly so, when this becomes real. You chose to ascend to Lichhood on the day of the autumn sun because it is said to be the most magically powerful day. It is the day hundreds of years ago that Cortia was plunged into darkness, so it is hard to imagine a better day to call on that darkness again. Bura is in a deep bow after you have uh, complimented his work. Then he lifts his head up. The construction of this place costs more than just blood, and has made a sufficient dent to your reserves. All said and done, you have near 200,000 gold left, and much left to spend it on. I was hoping to have more, but that's okay. Burra nods at you. Master, if you would like, we can go over the arrangements that need to be made, and how best to use your remaining resources. That sounds wonderful. He starts walking forward, you know, leading you to your new throne and kind of stands next to it and looks down at it, kind of just waiting for you to sit. And I, I definitely sit down on it. And I'm assuming I have like some kind of like bone crown sitting nearby. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I definitely put that on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On, on a little like stand next to it, you just see on a completely black pillow is a crown seems like it's made of ivory you know the bones that actually went into making it though and you place it on your head there isn't anything that feels more right than this 
Bura um, pulls out what seems to be like a leather folder uh, and pulls out a quill. There is much you need still. For the ritual, you will need your phylactery, which will take ten days to make. The notes that Genef left made it clear that anything less than spending a hundred thousand gold on it would risk failure. Of course, with a little more, you may draw more power than you ever imagined. There's also the matter of the potion that you must drink to pass from this life to the next. It needs two components, one a poison, and one the blood of a sacrifice. Obviously, no ordinary poison could kill someone as strong as you, so we need to look further than that. We have found some that would be sufficient in these needs. One would be Wyvern's venom, which we could acquire for a thousand gold. It's strong, will do the job, but painful. There's also the Sleeper's Strangle, which is 3,000, strong and painless. Genef's notes say the blood of an enemy is more powerful than any other sacrifice. And lucky for you, you have many enemies. But some are harder to get than others. For example, the Duke of Eldsburg, Anders Sager. You have history there, right? Yeah, you could absolutely say that. Yeah, you think back to Anders Sager, the Duke of a small little dukedom outside of the city of Lens. You grew up together. We're even friends for a while. You were maybe going to be his court wizard, at least that's what you thought, but then he tried to have you killed for some reason. He said black magic, but you were just trying to help his cause. Bura says, There's also the members of the Merchants Guild in Tibort who ran you out of business, as they were jealous of your wares. I'm sure there's many common folk out there, too. They'd be the easiest and cheapest to send one of your agents to get, but I don't know that... They bring you as much power as a true enemy. What more do I need? Well, there's much more. As you make adjustments and moves and start preparing your power, people will ask about those who disappeared in the building of this place. People will ask about any who disappear for your sacrifice. Questions are sure to come about. We could send out agents to tell rumors and lies and get people off the trail, or spend more to have it be done by magical means. There's no need to tell lies for those who can't actually remember the truth. Or we could go further, lead them astray, build dummy layers around. Any adventurers who may ask questions may go there instead of here. That sounds like a smart move. Steal them away from us to put someone else where I would be. It sounds like something I would want to do. It's that bastard at Ellsberg. I was hoping you'd say that. I wonder what kind of great power will come of blood so hated. He has a really creepy smile on his face, if you couldn't tell. Oh, I figured that. I, I, and I'm 100% matching it. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, there's fortifying your new layer. Which, by the way, do you have a name for the layer? That you would like to use? The only thing that would make sense is to call it the Blightwood. It has a very nice ring to it, Master. Well, there's ways to fortify the place with traps. We could get simple mechanical traps. Deadly, but often easy to stop and disarm. We could do simple magic traps, which uh, may give different effects and damages to those who venture through. But again, 
anyone with mild magical ability would be able to disarm most. But then, of course, you can get more complex traps, very hard to spot, both mechanical and magic, but each of those would cost quite a lot. And then the matter of fighters. There are many loyal to you who work here in the lair, but not all are skilled in the ways of combat. We could ally many to our cause with the proper funding. Eldridge Knights. We could get you a personal death knight. And with enough gold, we could even bring some demons to support your cause. We have the phylactery, the potion, the lair, the misinformation, and the fighters. Is there anything else? need to take into consideration. Hmm, if you have any thoughts of your own, we can certainly talk about them, but I think these things should be sufficient in letting you ascend to the place you want to be. You said I had 200,000, right? Yeah. I think the immediate first thing we should do is begin working on the phylactery. I want... 110,000 to go to this. I can't risk failure as an option. Not when we've gotten so far and so close. No. I refuse to accept that. Do you have an object in mind that you'd like to be used for your phylactery? DM. Uh, <laughs> how do phylactery work? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's usually an object that is meant to store, like, a part of your soul. Think of it... Like a vial? Uh, it could be. You probably want something that's harder to break than that. Yes, but understandable. The idea with a lich is it's what causes you to be immortal. If your, you know, mortal body gets destroyed, you can go back to your phylactery and use sacrifices to, to get a body back. Would you say that I would have a diamond prepared for this occasion? Yeah, certainly you could put it in a diamond. Or like, is there like a, a, a metal that's harder than diamond? Like, like much like a, like a jewel that's like, like near indestructible? Adamantine yeah. uh, is in this world. So that, that's like the strongest metal that might be harder to get through. Okay. Cause it's like a adamantine box or something like that. Yeah. That, that would probably be what I'm aiming. And I would, I would imagine I don't have that handy. Right. Uh, yeah, I would say like that goes into the gold you're spending. And oh. I imagine having, you know, your agents <laughs> going to handle and deal with instead of yourself. Yeah. But yeah, it's not like you just have one laying around. Yeah. Okay. That'd be part of the 110,000. Okay, cool. Just just wanted to just wanted to make sure of that. Yeah, so I definitely want um definitely want an adamantine box for the uh for that. Okay. The phylactery will be in an adamantine box. Very smart, my master. You should most likely not tell anyone where you wish to keep it, but I would consider where you will have it be to make sure it is safe. Make sure you have a place to go in case anyone accidentally defeats your body. I have a couple of ideas in mind, but it will be finalized when I hold the box. He nods. Now, 
for the potion. Go with the wyvern's venom. I can handle pain. You are very brave, my master. Yes, the wyvern's venom. We can do that. He makes like a little check on his paper that he's holding. Now, for the blood of a sacrifice, an enemy of mine. Ideally, Anders Sager would be my choice, my prime choice, but that would be harder to get. So, we'll come back to this. Yes, I think with the supplies and agents we have, it'd probably be around 500 gold to pick just any person up that may hate you, a commoner. Maybe around 3,000 for someone in the Merchant's Guild. They do ask questions. Someone as powerful as the Duke, I'd say no less than 10,000 gold in order to get him from his tower and into our lair. Now, we'll come back to that. <laughs> yes, I have to I have to spend some time thinking about it. <laughs> Gotta spend my other money in it. <laughs> <Just, laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I got resources, man. I gotta I gotta use them wisely. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um for the sake of brevity and so that I don't kill my voice doing this creepy voice. That's what I'm saying, um, yes, yes. For for the misdirection of the three main options, you know, there's just spreading rumors and lies, having your agents go out to do that, maybe slipping some money into pockets. That would be 5,000 gold. Doing it by magical means, you know, some modify memories out there, a few well-placed charm persons, you know, that would be 25,000 gold. Yeah. And then kind of building a few dummy layers and, you know, leaving clues for those who may be looking for you would be 50,000. In terms of uh, the layer fortifications, um, how much per each level? Yeah, so there's simple mechanical, which would be 5,000. Simple magic, which would be 15. Complex mechanical, which is 25,000. And then complex magic, uh, uh-oh, be careful, boys, 50,000. <laughs> Wow, and for fighters, there you said they said Death Knight was an option uh, that yep. I remember him saying, and uh, just like other, just like like Eldritch Knights and things like that. Yeah, you could get some Eldritch Knights, um, you know, to kind of be scouting the place. Maybe have a few that are defending you, uh, as they are, you know, those who thirst for power. Uh, that would be ten thousand. You could have, like, a personal Death Knight bodyguard for 30. And then, you know, toss 50k at it and uh, get some demons, you know? <laughs> Probably, uh, yeah. Uh, Bureau would say, demons you may not want um, to be in the same area as you. They can be hard to control. Maybe put them in the room before this one. Have them stand like guard dogs. Yes. Okay, so I have 89,000 gold left to spend. Yep. So I think I want to go for the 10,000 and get Anders Sager. Okay. Now I still have the lair fortification, the fighters, and the misinformation. Um, as well as anything else that I decide to come up with. Yeah. I want to go with I'm getting the Death Knight. 
hundred percent. So that brings it up to one fifty-one. And now, what's it? What 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 would be like a complex mechanical? Like what for fortifications? Um, like what would um, what would be an example of that? It's mostly to do with like how well hidden things are. Okay, you know, with the simple mechanical, it'd be like adding stuff not to the infrastructure of your layer, but like in addition to it. So you might have a tripwire that has a boulder roll down you know the typical sort of thing yeah, yeah the complex mechanical would be more of like there is a you know stone that is a pressure plate that makes like axes swing out from <laughs> the wall you know that that costs a lot more because you'd need to kind of tear up certain bits of the layer right right and then you know repurpose them where the simple would just be like adding kind of quick things quick little traps all over the plate like the layer is pretty big <laughs> yeah but yeah okay so i i want to i'm gonna go with uh I, i'm gonna come back to that one last i'm going to use i'm gonna go for the magic for misinformation because i've now spent my budget uh i've I now blown past the dummy layer um so i'm going to you can always adjust other things if you'd like but you don't have to right right yeah whatever works for you though but like yes I want to go like a little more than the minimum for the phylactery just in case, you know, because anything under there's a chance of failure, but I just want to guarantee that that's going to be success. That's why I want to pop mm -hmm. in another 10,000 and I'm already cutting back by going for the, the, the non the, or the painful venom. And in order for this to really, really be effective, I need Anders. At least that's how, um, that's how my character would do it. Uh, and that's how I'm choosing to perceive it. And in terms of uh, fight, like I gotta have a death knight, dude. I gotta have a death knight. <laughs> uh, I need a death knight in my life. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. a death knight. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. need that. So, like, pretty much every choice that I'm making is I like I'm thinking of everything else at this like simultaneously. Sure. So I'm gonna go with the twenty five thousand for. The misinformation that brings it up to one hundred seventy-six thousand. So you have twenty-four thousand left. Yes, and I'm going to do. I think what I'm going to do is actually alter the the flactory from one hundred and ten to one hundred nine. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's fine. So I can, <laughs> so I can utilize an extra thousand gold sure. uh, to get complex mechanical fortifications. Okay. When it comes to, like, complex, obviously it goes to, like, changing the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, like, any possible weapons that could come up, could they be, like, poisoned weapons, for example? That, like, do deal, like, extra poison damage to anyone that it hits? Yeah, I would say complex traps, you know, certainly would have that. Not necessarily every single trap in the place. Right, but, right. But def definitely some could, you know, like, poison darts maybe. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Just, just so like you know, there, there's that extra oomph on the mm -hmm. uh, on the trap that's being triggered, and I believe that is all two hundred thousand. Okay, yeah, that is uh, the exact amount. Vera looks at the list. Yes, this should all be wonderful. I will begin having our agents get to work. The Blightbringer will be here soon. I bid you adieu.
and he bows and starts heading out of the room. And if this were a camera shot, it would focus on you sitting alone in your throne room on your ornate ivory chair. Seems like a good time to describe what you're looking like as you sit on that chair. What the camera sees (laughs) is a human man in his early 40s. His skin is bone white. He is thin, he's short, he's bald, and his eyes are black because he has dabbled in too much necrotic stuff, but he can still see, but his eyes are black, and yeah, he's very, very eager for all of this to to go through. In a couple of months, Vernon Iker will be... 100% dead. Paloranda the Blightbringer will be born anew. <laughs> Time passes and the things that you have ordered and paid for start to come to pass. As you're preparing and the weeks go by, it takes about 10 days to prepare the phylactery. You get the box, have it formed into the shape you want. I imagine you want like a hingeless thing that only opens like with the right passcode. 100%. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it has runes attached to it that only answer to, you know, your voice and your code. You prepare that and do the different spells that that go into uh, enchanting it in the right way. They find the body of a Oathbreaker Paladin that Bura thinks would be perfect to become a Death Knight. And with some spells from you and your followers, he comes back. No need to eat, breathe, or sleep, just to stand by your side and take your orders. It's a beautiful thing. If I get a Death Knight, I I could cry. (laughs) Vernon won't, but I will. (laughs) You know that secrets are being erased from people's minds out in the plains. Certainly, you imagine there's always going to be a trace of you and your deeds, but you have faith that at least some of those who start to follow this trail will be knocked off of it. Your old friend, Anders Sager, is brought in by one of your agents, and he seems confused at first. I just start clapping. Till he lays eyes on you. You hear him cursing through the walls for the first few nights, but then eventually a vial of red liquid is brought to you and it is all that remains of Anders. It takes about three days to uh, prepare the potion with the wyvern poison that's been brought to you and his blood, casting the right spells and saying the incantations that need to be said. But you have those elements prepared, and now all you need to wait is a few days until the day of the autumn sun. You take a few tours around your lair, still enamored with the beauty of it existing at all, but you're starting to appreciate all the little different traps hidden throughout that you know, Bura shows you and gives a few demonstrations of, of just how the traps work by, you know, throwing something on a pressure plate, and then you watch the axes come out. (laughs) And you feel that things are coming together. He's very eager for the day to finally arrive. 
The eve before the day of the autumn sun comes. You've heard rumors of some people trying to do what they call good, catching on to your plans, and that they may have an idea of where you are. But the fact that no one has come yet makes you know that this ceremony will happen. Is there anything you'd like to do, you know, as, as the night starts to pass and you most likely wait for the, like, strike of midnight? <laughs> you know, you don't want to wait too long into the day of the autumn sun. You want to wait until that day starts. Is there anything you'd like to do to prepare? I'm assuming the ceremony is going to be taking place in the throne room. Mm-hmm. I want to have the death knight be the first thing that they see when they come through into the throne room, should anyone decide to, you know, try to interfere. Just like standing at the door? Yeah. So that way, if anyone does open the door and it's not Bura or any of the people that, like my followers, then mm-hmm. they will meet their end. <laughs> um, okay. Do you want anyone in there for the ceremony or do you want it just be you and your death knight? He, he, he's done well. He's, uh, he's done very well with going about the organiza- the organizing and, uh, fulfillment of everything to happen. I want Bura to be a witness. Okay. Of the transcendence. You, you know, pace around your throne room, waiting for the time when this can happen. And at a point you hear a knock on the door, your death knight kind of lifts his sword, you know, waiting for some threat. And you hear Bura's voice. Asta, I have some news for you. May I enter? Can I roll, uh, can I roll, is there a roll I can make to determine if that is Bura's voice or not? You could certainly do an insight check. Insight, okay. Uh, that's an 18? Yeah, it, you have heard Bura's, uh, droll, <laughs> uh, creepy voice enough to know that this is him. Yes, answer. The door opens, the Death Knight holds his sword up for a little bit, recognizes Bira and then lowers it and he walks in, hurriedly, a little out of breath. Um, Master, I hate to inform you, but people have entered. There are some who have heard about the deeds that you did to get Anders, and they have come. Seems to be a few different groups, or maybe one big one. Our agents who've encountered them already have said that there are twelve in total. How long until they approach? They've only been seen at the layer's entrance, with the size of the layer and all of the traps around it, and your agents who would do anything to protect you in this mission. Certainly you have hours. Uh, at this point, uh, how long do I have until I, it is time to begin the ritual and also how long does the ritual take bureau would say it is two hours till uh, still until until midnight the ritual should be quick enough just drinking the potion and passing from this form to the next so they'll be here in hours and we still have to wait two hours yet that is troubling thank you for bringing this to my attention any intruders that make it here will not live to see another day. I will keep you updated. I am, have been communicating with the various agents, some who have encountered them, and others 
who hide in the walls and watch. Thank you, Vera. And, um, and yeah, I'm just gonna, like, be, I'm just gonna, like, be on edge. Like, mm-hmm. at, the, at this point, I'm just gonna go over basically every everything at my disposal what would be able to what would what the best things would be for um something like that i i instruct the death knight to move back a bit because i'm going to um once beer if Bira tells me that they uh they get a bit closer i want to throw down a delayed blast fireball okay like once once they're like about to come through the door it's it's for it's only for a minute. Um, okay, but, okay. But I'm so I mean like when like right when they're about to get close. Got it. Okay. So if if that happens, we'll we'll get to it. But yeah, yeah. it's good to know. That's very cool. <laughs> it's a cool spell. Yeah. So it's it can like it's at any same point within range, which is 150 feet, and it's up for a minute. And every for every round, it's like it, it takes the form like a yellow bead on the floor for every round it does 12d6 damage and every uh for every turn that passes that it hasn't detonated it increases by 1d6 oh wow that's cool okay yeah well well if we get to that then that'll be awesome yeah <laughs> um yeah so time passes as you kind of you know think about like oh, all right this is what i'll do for my defense if need be i also cast mage armor smart (laughs) (laughs) Bura will step out of the room every once in a while and then come back and maybe like every 10-15 minutes he gives you an update the the agent said one of them has been beheaded by our axes you know and then he'll come back again he's like they got past the viper pit without problem but each time he comes back he gives more and more news and all said and done, he tells you that four of them have been killed by the various traps in your lair. Okay. Only four of them. That takes 12 down to eight. So that's uh, mm-hmm. not, you know, I would have liked more, but still you not You do bad. get the sense, obviously, like, just because those are the ones that died, that it's not like others got away unscathed. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. That, that's true. You know, he gives you updates being like, oh, yes, the roguish one. His arm's almost chopped off. They may heal it some, but he's in a bad state. You know, just different things like that. Okay. So, like, I'm so like I'm feeling pretty confident. That, You're feeling okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, yeah. I'm not, like, you know, like, you know, flexing or anything. But, but like, you know, I'm, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm feeling a bit more at ease than I was when news first broke. Certainly, yeah, a good amount of them got, got gotten. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, there, there are also many who are hurt in other ways. But yeah, time keeps passing, and eventually Pura comes in again and says, Master, there are only five minutes until midnight. Do you need help preparing anything? I believe that I will be fine. The phylactery is safe. The poison is here. My glorious death knight is here, and you are here. He bows. So yeah, for the ritual, the two things you need is just the flactoring in front of you for your soul to enter. And then, yeah, putting the potion into the chalice that once belonged to the lich, Geneth. Yeah, I'm definitely, 
Like I'm standing, I'm I wouldn't be sitting at this point. I, I mm-hmm. think I would be I would definitely be standing, but I would probably have the stuff on the throne, whereas I would okay. be standing like just in front of it. Okay. So yeah, you grab the chalice from the pedestal, walk over to the throne, set your phylactery on you know, just a little table next to your chair. Are you just holding it expectantly, like waiting for Bura to be like, it's midnight? <laughs> N- not quite. Uh, okay. Because anything can happen in these next few minutes. So I mm-hmm. want to make sure that if anything does happen, I want to be prepared to combat any forces that come through. Okay. Because there's no point in doing a ritual if they're going to violate it. You know? Roll a perception check. Perception. It's, a, it's an 18. Yeah, you like... It seems f- somewhat far away still, but close enough to hear it. Just like the grinding of what you came to like recognize as a trap being triggered. You know, you heard them trigger a few times on accident as they were being built. Ultimately, you know, accidentally killing a few of the people constructing it. Yeah, yeah. And you've also seen them test it out. So you know that it's not necessarily a trap that is like right out your door, but seems to be in the long like corridor before your door so it seems like they are getting closer would you say that they're uh that it would probably take a few minutes for them to get here yes how long would it take for the like once the poison contacts like how long would it take for it to end me and begin anew you know this is obviously the sort of ritual and ceremony that has not been documented documented a ton (laughs) And and when it is documented, most people try to destroy any evidence of it. So people like you don't try to (laughs) mimic it. That's fair. That's understandable. You know, you know, the poison, the wyvern's poison acts fast. Um, It is, you know, massively painful, but it does act fast. And based on Geneff's notes, it doesn't give an exact, you know, estimation of how long it takes. Okay. But but it, nowhere in his notes did it seem like, you know, it will take days or hours to transcend. So it could be instant, it could be not. Yeah. There's no really guarantee. I'm a bit concerned, Bura. You heard that trap. They're almost here. And the time is not quite right yet. He is like, yes, um, you should only have a minute or so. They could reach here in that minute. Sure, we have a death knight. A glorious death knight. He doesn't move or respond to the death knight, but... I, I wouldn't expect him to. That'd be weird <laughs> if he did. Um, but if I go and I don't come back immediately, this will all be for naught. If need be, I can grab your phylactery and take it somewhere else which will ensure your safety. I don't have many powers, but I have enough to get out of here. I know he served me very well for all this time, uh, but I still want to make an insight check on him. Yeah. Smart? <laughs> I mean, if you are a supervillain and trusting, that's a fucking mistake. <laughs> yeah, that's a... That was cocked. Uh, that's a 20, modded 20. You get the sense that he is ride or die with you. And he has put too much into this to do anything other than protect your form and your body. You do kind of like, you like sense a greed in him almost. 
maybe that one day, if he can become powerful enough, you will help him ascend to higher things as well. You know, so it's not like entirely unself-interested. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has things he hopes to gain from it, but because of that and just a mixture of him seem to have seeming to have true admiration for you, he, he seems trustworthy in what he says. Okay. When the time is right, we will commence with the ceremony. Yeah, a little bit of time passes. You hear another trap trigger. And you can start hearing the yells of voices in the other room. You see Bura give like a little prayer as if he is, you know, casting a little incantation to figure out if the time is right yet. Then his eyes open. It is the day of autumn sun, master. It is time for you to become the blight bringer. Okay. And I go and pick up the chalice. This isn't something that happens every day. Know that when we make it out of here safe, and I return in my full power, you will be rewarded for your service. Cannot thank you enough for what you've done to organize this. You will get yours. He bows deep, and you see tears falling from his eyes. Be ready to leave at a moment's notice. So, I want I want to cast Greater Invisibility on the Death Knight. Okay. Just so that way, they don't notice a threat until it's too late. Yeah. Kind of like a last trap, if you will. Okay. No, that's great. I love it. So, I, I cast that on the Death Knight, and... I drink the chalice. You cast the spell, he vanishes, and you drink the poison and blood. A second passes, and then you double over in pain. You feel like your insides are being torn apart. You feel like your throat is closing every time you gasp for a breath. It's impossible to get one. I'm going to have you make a con... Uh, concentration check at disadvantage to see if you can hold on to this crater invisibility. Um, now here's the thing. Oh. I have Warcaster, so I, I have advantage on concentration checks. So would it be at normal? I'll, I'll give it to you at normal, yeah. That's a natural 20. Amazingly, as you are literally dying, <laughs> you are able to focus on this spell like, think I need this one last thing. You hear the door crack open before you see anything. Your vision is starting to kind of blur. And you see eight people stepping forward. You can see just power emanating from them. I, I just start laughing weakly. <laughs> before your vision goes completely, you see one of them standing in front, a half-orc man, just gets sliced in half almost out of nowhere. And you know that your last spell of the greater invisibility had some effect. And then you see nothing. Let me uh, tear up this barbarian character sheet real quick. Okay. It's <laughs> gonna be a lot of that. All right. You see blackness. There's nothing. No life, but you still have thought which you know is strange 
someone that's just died. Then you see in front of you a robed figure start to take form. It's almost as if he's being created from the darkness. I, I think to myself, this must be working. This must be it. The figure is a little hazy in its form, but he seems to be more full than before, almost real. And he pulls back his hood. You see what almost just looks like a skeleton, tiny bits of skin just stretched as thin as possible and looking almost bone white. It's hard to distinguish what's skin, what's rot, and what is bone. You see his eyes gleam a bright green, and he holds a staff in front of him. You drank from my chalice. I did. It is good to know that I, Genef, the Sun Stealer, will have a legacy. The Sun Stealer creates the Blightbringer. This is everything I've been working for. Your legacy will not be in vain. Now the power is yours. You must only take it. And he holds out a hand and you see it slip out of the robes. And it's just completely rotted bone. He just holds it out in front of him. Do like am I do do can I see like myself or am I just like empty? Yeah, it... if you look down, you notice you seem to be a body. Okay, I, I didn't know if this was just like like a like a machination or like you know uh, yeah I, yeah. If all I have to do is reach out and take it. Then I will. And I go and grab it. You grab his hand and you feel the rot from his just boned grip pulling into yours, eating the flesh off of your skin. You just see kind of the muscle almost falling off as you become bony skeletal in many different ways. It's, it's not quite just like being a skeleton. There's but almost as like black strands wrapped around your arm forming some new sort of muscle a dark sort of muscle it goes through your whole body you feel it spread across your arm down your chest to your legs and then finally up your neck to your skull and you feel it touch your eyes your eyes are the only thing that don't seem to change though and then those eyes open in a blast of energy emits around you as you are now back in the throne room. You're lifted up. You had fallen back into your chair, but now you stand a foot off the ground and you look out around the room. Let me make some rolls real quick. You look and you see a few things. The first thing you notice is your death knight laying on the ground, his head chopped off. Laying next to it though, you see the bodies of three different figures. You also see between you and the pedestal is the body of Bura, a knife in his back as he's fallen down to the ground. <laughs> Fool!
foolish. That's like the immediate first thing he uh, he says when when he when he comes back and like sees all that. He just laughs maniacally and yells foolish at, at at them. On the ground, you see a few you know of these enemy figures. One, you see what looks like an elf. Their blood pouring over a spell book. All right. Um, <laughs> you see a man holding a lute, the strings and body of it broken and cracked down. You see a man just with a wooden staff that seems to be like gnarled out of wood, wearing simple robes. You'd associate that folk with some sort of druid. I like these paper tears. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, those would be the bodies you see dead on the ground. All right. I need you to roll for initiative. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm assuming I go by the lich's stats now, right? Yes, you are now the lich. You have ascended to the lichhood, so uh, I know your character sheet is a PDF. Yes. But tear that one up. Here, let me let me give you a little... That's me tearing up your <laughs> old sheet, and now you are the lich. Okay. All right, so that's a 16. All right. Uh, first up is a 21, which is the rogue. Okay. The rogue is going to see you ascended up in the air and just yell, shit, shit, shit. And yeah, uh, the rogue is going to pull out a short bow and take a shot at you. Okay. It says you have advantage, assassinate. You have advantage against creatures that haven't ha- taken a turn in combat. And any hit on a surprise creature is a critical hit. So you have not taken a hit on combat. I don't think you're surprised, but I'm going to give this person, uh, this rogue uh, advantage on it. That's fine. Is a 28 to hit. Uh, 28 does hit. Okay. You take 28 points of piercing damage. 28. uh, The short bow hits your shoulder. Oh, other things I forgot to say. You feel a certain sort of power from some of the choices you made. You feel a power having the blood of your enemy run through your veins. So you get to add a hundred extra hit points for that choice. Whoa! Yeah. So I have 235 hit points? You're strong. Yeah, strong, strong boy. That's really cool. You also, even though it's a low thing, you get for for the amount you put in beyond the hundred thousand, you get to have one extra third level spell. <laughs> I don't know how much that matters to you, but, <laughs> but, but but you can use one more third level spell. So I have four slots for a uh, third level. Third level, yeah. I I like that a lot, actually. Okay, good, 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 good. That is the end of. He's actually gonna go to the pedestal and like hide behind it. You know, there's not a ton of places to hide in this room. And I know it like the like the back of my new hand. Yep. <laughs> you can't see him at all there, but obviously you see him run up to it. Yeah. So I think the next thing in the initiative order is... is the layer, right? The layer action, <laughs> which you are in your layer, so... Okay. So here's, here's what I'm going to pick for it. I'm going to call forth the spirit of the Death Knight and, and of Bura. 
and mm-hmm. send it to attack whichever one is closest, like, is in front, basically. Okay. They have to make a, a constitution saving throw. Okay, so what you would notice is the rogue at the moment is the closest to you by the pedestal, which is probably about, like, 40 or so feet still. Whichever one was that I can see. Uh, the other three, so there's a dragonborn who you see holding a big two-handed sword, a mountain dwarf with a sigil of Bahamut around his neck, a human man in plate mail who is holding a mace. Human one with a mace, dwarf with a... The dwarf is holding a maul. Dwarf is holding a maul. Ooh, okay. So I think we're going to go after the human man wearing the mace or with the mace oh yes the cleric what a move (laughs) okay so what does this do exactly uh they have to make a a constitution saving throw dc is 18 and they take 15 d6 uh necrotic damage on a failed save for half as much on a success christ all right so one thing about them that you would not know this cleric does have a spell up already oh okay you may be familiar with it uh, as someone who plays a cleric. Would, would you consider that to be the beacon of hope? Yeah, this one has beacon of hope. So it it doesn't, it's a con save, so it doesn't have an advantage, but just right. so you know. Okay. All right. That is a 14. He fails. He takes the full 15d6. All right. Um, <laughs> roll damage, I guess. Okay. 42. 42 points of total damage? Yes. All right. They have to make a concentration check <laughs> to see if they can hold their spell, which I think is... So if they roll an at 20, they would have a 22, which would let them keep concentration. Uh, they did not roll an at 20. <laughs> so yeah, the spell seems to fade. Okay. That is the layer action. Yeah, the spirits of the Death Knight and Yura turn and just pass through this clerical looking figure and they scream out in pain fall to a knee but then get up and look at you just eyes full of hate and anger so the next person who's up is a dragonborn who is going to do a few things you're a pretty far ways away from them uh, the dragonborn is going to use his action to dash she's able to get pretty close to you yeah and then he is going to use his accent action surge to bridge the rest of the gap get right up to you on your throne and uh, attack the shit out of you okay he gets three attacks okay this is gonna be fun first 18 i use shield as a reaction okay so what's your ac now my ac shield brings up a plus five right yep so my ac is now 22 Okay. Uh, This one is 22 exactly. So that will hit. And the last one is 31. So two will hit. The first one misses, though, because of your shield. Very good. First one does 13 damage. 13, okay. Second does 15. I mean, yeah, these are high-level adventurers coming to kill a lynch. Yeah, yeah, I figured. (laughs) It's got to be intense. All right. Yeah, and, and that is his turn. As a reminder, just so you know. Yes. As a lich. Yes. I, I know, I know. I was actually okay. getting that. I was actually just <laughs> okay. about to use a legendary action. Perfect. Um, You're allowed uh, to do that. Yeah, I want to use. Uh, I want to use uh, paralyzing touch on. Uh, 
on this uh, this fighter that just hit me. So I have to make a melee spell attack. It's with a plus twelve to hit. That is that is a thirty-one to hit. That uh, will hit, yeah. So he has to make a Constitution saving throw. DC is eighteen, and he also takes three d six cold damage. Con saving throw eighteen. Twenty-one on the save. So he takes a uh, fifteen cold damage. Okay, it takes the damage because yeah. you hit it, but then it did save, so it does not. He does not take. Okay, so that's uh, 15 points yep. of cold damage. Nice. Very nice. All right. Uh, so then I think you are next up in the order. Yes, and I get all of my legendary actions back. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. Let's see. What can I do? I can do a lot. <laughs> I'm going to... I have so much! <laughs> I've. Uh, I'm going to do... I'm going to cast Blight on the fighter in front of me. Okay. So he has to make a constitution saving throw. Of? 18. 22. I mean, fighters, yeah, he's got high-ass con. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so... No, actually, DC is 20. 22, either way, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that's just for me. Uh, mm-hmm. And Blight mm-hmm. is half damage, right? Yeah. Okay, so he takes a four, 8d8 necrotic halved. Forty, so halved is twenty. Okay, cool. Yeah, the dark energy just passes through him. You see his veins blacken some. You, can, it, it's pretty apparent, like on his red dragonborn scales. You know, just this like black decaying energy going through him. All right, that's going to end my turn. The cleric is up next and is going to run up, kind of towards the pedestal, point to a spot next to you and start saying a prayer and you see what looks like almost like something starting to form next to you almost looks like a beast for a moment it's serpentine in certain ways and you see almost angelic wings floating from it you would recognize this as a coatl i don't know if that's how you say it <laughs> yeah so this person casts conjure celestial yeah, i figured that's what it was yeah yeah Yes, yeah, so now it has its own turn. So, so is he? So he's. So the cleric is like near me now. It's the cleric is near the the pedestal, so probably like fifty feet or forty feet from you. Forty feet from me. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, the celestial is there. It has to roll initiative. Okay, and that is the cleric's turn. Actually, yeah, yeah, that is the cleric's turn. That is the cleric's turn. Okay, I. As a legendary action, I'm going to cast a Ray of Frost on the Cleric. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So that's plus 12 to hit. That's a natural 20. No, that'll hit. Spells don't crit, right? Spells crit, yeah. Oh, they do. Okay. So that that's what? It's 48, right, for Ray of Frost? Yeah. Okay. 12 points of cold damage doubled yes to 24 24 and his speed is reduced by 10 yeah he's looking bad he has to make a con saving throw to see if he can keep concentration which he succeeds okay next up is our paladin friend who is going to take a few steps towards the cleric and put a hand on the cleric's shoulder which you imagine is dumping some lay on hands on that person i, I could i could imagine so 
And then he's going to take his action to dash to you and get up in your face. Okay. So he's, so he's like, within range as well as the fighter. Or, right, the dragonborn? Yeah, he's next to the dragonborn. So this is a mountain dwarf. You assume to be a paladin now. Yeah. Because I said so. Yes. But also because of the hand thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. You do notice, like, a little aura around the paladin, uh, as if it may be given bonuses <laughs> to him and his friend. Oh, that's interesting. So now we're at the back of the top of the order, and our rogue is up, who is going to pop out of hiding. I forgot the rogue was even here. Exactly. <laughs> that's what they do, man. That's what they do. And take a shot with the short bow at you. Okay. Uh, that's a nat 20. Oof. So that's a 30 to hit. <laughs> and an uh, automatic hit anyway. Yes. So... Ooh, this is a big this is a big hit here. You forget about the rogue and see the rogue pop up, pull back a shot and just loose an arrow. You're focused on these two kind of big burly figures in front and the arrow just comes through and hits you in the eye. A wound that you feel like may have killed you once though just causes a little bit of pain. You take 65 points of piercing damage. 65 points. That's that's a huge hit. The rogue then is going to use a bonus action to hide behind the pedestal again. Its foot is sticking out. You can pretty easily see the foot. Okay. I, I, at, at the end of its turn, I want to use a legendary action to use Frightening Gaze on the paladin. Okay. He has to make a wisdom saving throw. DC is 18. Or be frightened for a minute. So as you try to cast this spell... You feel this aura bouncing off of him. An aura of what you could call courage. <laughs> you and friendly creatures within 10 feet of you cannot be frightened while you are conscious. Okay. But now you know. Yeah. Okay. So. Layer action. <laughs> yes. The layer action. Cannot use the same effect two rounds in a row. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the tether effect where I target a creature within 30 feet of me, and the cord of negative energy tethers the lich to the target. Whenever the lich takes damage, the target must make a DC 18 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the lich takes half the damage, rounded down, and the target takes the remaining damage. So okay. I'm going to target the paladin. Okay. So you, God, what a cool ability! Yeah, you target the paladin, and you feel a bond. He, there's no save for the bond, correct? Yeah, it, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's only as I take damage. Okay, yeah, you create a bond between you and this paladin. Whether or not he can feel it, you don't know, but you are excited to see what comes of it. Yes. <laughs> Next up then is seventeen, which is the fighter in your face is going to take three attacks on you. Okay. The first is a 21 to hit. I'm going to use shield. Okay, so that one misses. The second's an 18 to hit. And the third is a 25. So only one of them hits. One hits, yeah. Okay. Good. And you take 14 damage. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, let's make a 18, DC 18? Yeah, 18 uh, con save. That is a fail for the con save. So you take 7 damage, and as the fighter strikes you... The paladin screams out in pain. That's uh, that's good news. The fighter like looks between and like kind of looks around to his allies of like, what do we do? It seems like there's a connection. And the paladin yells out, if I need to die, I will die. But he will too. And he just kind of readies his maul, which, you know, he still has a while till he acts. But all right. Uh, I believe 16, you are up now. 
having access to these high level spells is crazy, and mm -hmm. I need to. I constantly need to look up what they do. Yeah, no, that's fine. Dominate monster. What is? Yeah. What does that do? I mean, they pretty much just are under your control. You tell them to do something, and they'll go do it. Okay, so I'm going to cast dominate monster on uh, the fighter. Okay. And wisdom save of 20. 20. Good luck, bro. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you right now yeah. to get this, he needs to roll a natural 20. He doesn't have any bonuses. It's a three. You see his eyes glaze over in front of you. And uh, with my new telepathic link to him, I say, kill the paladin. Okay. And I have uh, 30 feet of movement. A dwarf can only move 20. Can a dwarf move 30 feet or can a dwarf move 25 feet? Yeah, 25. Okay. And I'm going to leave. Wait, nope, nope. Because if he hits me, uh, dominate monster is concentration. I don't want to lose that. So do any of the abilities that I have from being a wizard carry over to this or no? I'm going to say no. Okay. You have your new lich body, new lich spells. Maybe you can relearn those things by looking at your old spell books. Okay. But now you just have the power. The the immediate power yes, of the, the immediate lich. power. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't have Warcaster anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to stay put. I'm going to hang tight. Okay. Uh, next up is the Summon Celestial, uh, the Coatl. It is going to try to constrict you just wrap around you and keep you restrained so it makes an attack uh, that's a 24 to hit yeah that hits for six damage maybe uh yeah that's a two so three damage okay and then you are grappled yeah your movement is zero and it is constricted around you okay so you are restrained so zero no bonus speed attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage. Okay. I am going to, at the end of its turn, use a legendary action. Disrupt life. <laughs> Each non-undead creature within 20 feet of the lich must make it... Oh, this is very stupid of me to do that after just dominating the thing. But does, does Dominate Monster have go into effect before or after or, or does is it one of the things where it can save on getting hit each time the target takes damage it makes a new wisdom save and throw against the spell i mean you know it's a low wisdom fighter who okay we'll have a five percent chance to save okay then, so then, I, then i'm gonna weigh those anyway. options yeah. yeah i'm gonna do it <laughs> anyway makes sense. uh it's uh it's an 18 constitution saving throw taking 66 necrotic damage fuck all right Con save, you're saying? Yeah, for the Paladin, the uh, the Celestial, and the Fighter. Alright, the Fighter saves, but the other two do not. Okay. 20 points of necrotic damage. Okay. And that, uh, that that's my legendary action. Got it, yeah. They all seem kind of hurt. Yeah. The Cleric now is up, and the Cleric... I guess the cleric would not know that you have dominated the friend. The cleric is going to move towards you. Not like right up to you, because it can't get that close, but pretty much like 30 feet away from you. Okay. And then they are going to cast Guiding Bolt at 5th level. Ooh, and I'm grappled, so he's advantaged, doesn't he? I believe so. 19 to hit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw shield again, so okay. it doesn't yeah. hit. It does not hit. Yeah, it just passes through. 
cleric curses. <laughs> and that is them. Uh, and then next up is our pally friend. Quick question. For shield, is it, mm-hmm. does it, does it count for it's just the whole that? next the whole, round. The whole so, round. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure. So your AC is 22 now. Until, uh, until my next action. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Please proceed. So I don't think the paladin would know that the fighter is dominated yet. Okay. Um, just because the fighter hasn't done anything. I, f- I feel like I'd be metagaming uh, <laughs> to have him do something about that. So what he will do is make a big strike on you. Okay. Because he can probably sink a lot of Divine Smite stuff. Oh, yeah. He can. And I'm assuming all their weapons are magical, right? Yep. Okay. <laughs> you get that sense. Okay. Yeah, he is going to swing at you. He has advantage as you are grappled. Um, oh, my gosh. 14 to hit. Wow, no! Well, the three and a four, dude. Oh my god, he could have fucked you up so bad. I know! <laughs> <laughs> They're in trouble. All right, you're up. Uh, no, you're not up. The rogue is up. Yes. Who, you know, still hiding in the same place. Yeah. Less, less well this time. Gonna pop up, take a shot. Does not have advantage, but would have sneak attack based on you being in contact with others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a 19, which with your <laughs> Shield. shielded AC does not hit. not hit. So the rogue is, yeah, going to try to hide again, I suppose. Yeah, a different foot this time is sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still see them behind it. Okay. 20, or unless you want to do a, do you no, have any more? Uh, Disrupt Life uses uh, three legendary three, actions. Okay. So yeah, you are out of legendary yeah. actions. It is the layer action, though. Okay, so I am going to call forth the spirits again of the Death Knight and of Bura to attack the cleric. DC 18 con save. 18 con? Yeah. That's a 12. 59. 59? Yes. The cleric falls unconscious. The uh, coatl disappears. And I'm no longer restrained? And you are no longer restrained. I like that. Huge fan of that. The fighter is up, who you gave the order, attack the paladin. Yeah, so he's going to attack him three times. He's going to attack the paladin three times. Do I have to roll them? Or you want to roll them? I'll, I'll roll them. Okay. Because I know his stats and whatnot. Hey, that's 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 fair. Uh, that is a 21 to hit, which will hit. <laughs> and 29 to hit, which will also hit. And a 28 to hit. God, when I'm fucking attacking you, it doesn't do anything. <laughs> but now I'm just rolling high-ass rolls. Uh-oh, buddy's in trouble, man. All right. So he takes 42 points of damage. Okay. The paladin is looking heavy. He's looking heavy? He's looking bad. Okay. And uh, that is the fighter's turn. It is now your turn. I use power word kill on the paladin. <laughs> Is there any save for it if it's just no. below 100 No, if he's a hu- he below 100, he's dead. Okay. <laughs> the paladin is dead. <laughs> Jesus and then And then I move back 30 feet. So you're like, you can't move back, like away. Yeah. Like, like I, right I, now you are, the, the, the throne is kind of like up against the far end of the wall, which is where you are. Uh, I want to take cover against the rogue. Is there any way I can do that? Yeah, there's no real way to get cover from okay. the rogue. Okay, cool. Then I will stand exactly where I've been standing. I will not move. 
Okay. Uh, with a 21 initiative, the rogue is up, is going to look, see the fighter who just attacked his paladin friend, look at the cleric who's bleeding out on the ground, and is going to turn and use action to dash and bonus action to dash, and is out of the room. So the, the rogue is fleeing. <laughs> with, the, with that amount of movement, it is out of your line of sight. Okay. And now just the fighter stands in front of you, still dominated. Okay, I guess I'll just... This the, This is bad. This is really bad. Okay. I'm going to send the... I'm going to send the fighter after the rogue. Uh, but okay. uh, but after every time, uh, like, on an initiative count, I am going to attack the fighter as well. Okay. You get the sense, based on how quick the rogue left, the rogue can move much faster than this fighter ever could. That That's fair. If you want to do that, you can. But, like, you would just know, like, this is a heavily armored fighter versus a nimble rogue. Okay. I, I'm just going to keep attacking it then. Okay. And just have it do nothing. Yeah, all right. Uh, so it has an action. No, I guess you have the layer action now that the rogue has left. Yeah, so I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm going to use the tether for it on the, uh, on the fighter. Okay, yeah, you tether the fighter. As a legendary action, I'm because I haven't used those this uh, order, I, I'm going to use Paralyzing Touch. Okay. So yeah, I mean, he has a turn where he just stands in front of you waiting for a command that ends and then you can use your legendary action. Yeah. And um, so Paralyzing Touch is plus 12 to hit. Uh, does a 21 hit? Yeah. Just hits. Okay, so he has to make a 18 constitution saving throw. And also takes 3d6 cold. 14. 14. He is paralyzed oh. for one minute. Okay. He cannot move. He's under your control, too. He's, uh, that's, um, uh, 11 points of cold damage. He's under my control, and he's paralyzed. He can make both of those saves at the end of his turn. Every turn? Yeah. So, I think he he does get to make a... Oh, uh, I think the Dominate Monster is only when he takes damage. It might be. So, it... So, he gets to t make a save against Dominate Monster right now. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, that's a two. And then at the end of each of his turn of his turns, uh, moving forward, he can make ma saves. make a, make saves uh, to be free from okay. the various things that he's under. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep using Ray of Frost to uh, deal kill damage him to him and eventually kill him. <laughs> All yeah. right, uh, Ray of Frost is rolled a hit, right? Yeah, that's a uh, twenty-three to hit. That will hit. I think you have advantage too because he's paralyzed. Yeah, that was higher. The what I said. So, 11 points of cold damage. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just keep using, uh, like, as legendary actions, just keep using Ray of Frost until he's dead. Well, what about your own actions, too? Well, well Ray of Frost is your action, and then you're also using it as a legendary action? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the cleric is up and is going to make a death save and throw. Okay. The fighter is up, is going to try to... I guess so. I guess you technically get a legendary action after the cleric's yeah. death save. So, uh, Ray of Frost. Uh, this time, <laughs> this time on the cleric. Okay. That's a twenty. Oh uh, wait, but I have advantage because he's uh, 
You actually have disadvantage on ranged attacks. Right, because he's prone. On prone. That's the same number, which is a uh, which is a modded twenty. Okay, that'll hit. Uh, automatically has cause one fail. Okay, so that's one legendary action done. Uh, Fighter stands there, does nothing. Going to try to break from the paralysis. Was it at eighteen con? Yeah. Uh, twenty one. So broken from the paralysis, still under your control. Okay. End of his turn. Legendary Ray action. Ray of frost. Got it. Oh, that's probably not going to hit. That's a that's a 15. Yeah, that will not hit. Okay, cool. Okay, your turn. Uh, the layer action. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Layer action should have come before his turn. Uh, yeah. la- layer action. Uh, what did I... I used the uh, spirits last time, right? Or did I use the tether? Use the tether last time. All right, so I'm going to use the spirits. 18 con okay. save. Uh, nat 20, so he saves. So he'll take half damage. 42, so 21 points of necrotic damage. Yeah, that seems like it hurt him. Yeah, and he can attempt to break free. Yeah, good fucking luck. All right. Three. <laughs> so yeah, then we already did the fighter stuff. Yeah, and so, so now, now we do your turn. My yeah. turn. How's he looking? I mean, he's bleeding out, bleeding heavily. He looks bad, certainly. I'm going to use Disintegrate. Okay. I like how you're just like, I'm bored. Ray of Frost, Ray of Frost. This is taking too long. Disintegrate. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. So, What's, uh, is it an attack roll then? It's a dex saving throw. Dex saving throw. Yeah, DC is 20. Okay. Good fucking luck, my dude. Nat 1. Okay, so he takes 10d6 plus 40. Let me just, uh, before you even roll with the plus 40. Okay. <laughs> he is turned to dust. Just in front of you, a little pile. And I also just want to make sure the cleric is dead as well. Yeah. After that, with the ray of frost. Well, so now it's its turn. Yeah. After your turn, it gets a death save and throw. That's a fail. All right. Uh, and then you're using a ray of frost to yes. hit it. Yeah. All right. Roll to hit. You have disadvantage. That's a twenty-two. It's a Double hit. hit. Okay. And that's an automatic failure for him, right? Automatic failure. That's so satisfying. <laughs> you look around the room. Death has brought you to this point. But what matters is that you've been brought to this point. You have become the lich. You have become the force of ever-seeking knowledge that you had hoped to one day become. And while there were many sacrifices that had to happen, you are here. An anointed new king on the day of the autumn sun and that is where we'll end this session Woo! <laughs> <laughs> you want, uh, how bad were you looking at the end i had a uh, 105 hit points okay okay yeah i mean so a few things really ended up battering then yeah if i didn't if i didn't get anders uh, i would have had five hit points yeah yeah <laughs> Still would have won, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but just barely. Just yeah. barely. So obviously a big balance of a lot of different things. And, and we don't need to get into every last, uh, what would have happened had you done this. But obviously, like, had you gone more into the uh, misdirection, yeah. like, just straight up less people would have come. 
Okay. But then you would have had less resources for traps, and then, you know, less people would have been hurt and died, and wouldn't have necessarily come in having used a handful of spells and uh, whatnot. Also, like, based on the decisions you made and the die, die stuff I rolled, I was like, okay, you know, these things will lead to him facing off with five people. And then you did the uh, invisibility thing. I was like, I got to give it to him. I got I to gotta give him <laughs> one more body. <laughs> I thought that was really ingenious. The final, like, fuck you at the end of his human life into yeah. the lich dub. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't expect to maintain it. So that was, like, really cool to see that happen and my with my last like dying breath to see like the the death knight turn visible and take down yeah uh, oh, that was so cool yeah that was a lot of fun a lot of stuff to keep on up on my end of ripping character sheets i had so many character sheets printed uh <laughs> who knew who knew what was gonna happen but it was definitely fun to rip them well, thank you, Joey, for introducing now a lich into my setting that will have to be addressed, whether it be in Once Upon a Roll or a different campaign. Who knows? Yeah, no problem. Thank- thanks for having me, Raz. Oh, that was a lot of fun. You've done terrible things, Joey. <laughs> you have made the world of Cortia darker, but I, I couldn't be happier about There's it. There's a reason the sign of Black Sun was drawn on that day. It's all interconnected, I'm sure. Mm. It could be. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> all I know is that uh, uh, we've done something incredibly ambitious, and uh, I certainly reap the benefits of that. <laughs> For now, until, yeah. uh, until your character ends up dying at the hands. That's of, right. That is right. Of the lich you created. I'll, I'll just know not to conjure a celestial as... <laughs> <laughs> yeah... You know, it it seems smart. You know, I, I at that point the thought process I was like I could do a heal, but ultimately to beat a lich in general, what you do when you're up against one boss enemy is have as many has have like as high of like uh, action economy as possible. So have as many attacks as you can possibly have against this thing to deal maximum damage to kill it quickly. It was like an outlasting game against a lich good luck <laughs> uh, when yeah. you get those sexy layer actions <laughs> every round that did massive damage i was like i need to do a lot of damage so i was like all right get a celestial out there to hit more i yeah i mean the shield was pretty huge apparently that that saved yeah. you a lot of damage yeah and then there were a few different hits here and there that that messed a lot of things up too but yeah th thank you for playing joy it's a lot of fun thanks for having me raz it was a lot of fun good 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 to anyone still listening, I, I hope you enjoyed that. Obviously, a weirder approach to a session, but, uh, you know, I, I think a pretty cool one that, if I balanced it more, could be even cooler. Uh, we'll see. I'd love to hear feedback of, of what people may have done to set things up in a, in a similar sort of monster-first campaign. But anyway, yeah. Thank you for listening through. Thank you for your support. I, I appreciate you, and I will... See you guys in the next one. Have a great day and or night. Bye. You can say bye too, Joey. Oh, bye!